0: And let's pray. Father, you give us a great gift in Jesus Christ with many blessings that flow from it. And so we pray that we would be all the more mindful of those things and all the more joyful in them as we consider together your word to us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is a sermon about peace, hope, and love. What are the marks of a Christian? How is someone who believes the gospel of Jesus changed? What effects flow into their lives? Now, if you watch TV and see some of the Christian characters on some of the TV shows, you might think that the marks of a Christian are a kind of morbid fear of judgment Uh, hypocrisy, self-righteousness and general nastiness. I'm thinking of many of those um, crazy vicars on shows like Midsummer Murders. Such Such Christians make, well, useful pantomime fanatics and villains, but I hope you don't think that the gospel of Jesus produces such people. Our passage today that we're going to look at is Romans 5, 1 to 11, that middle reading. And this passage begins to talk about what understanding the gospel and believing in Jesus does in our hearts. And it tells us at least three things, three that I want to bring out this morning. Firstly, we have peace with God. Secondly, we have an assurance of God's love for us. And thirdly, we have a confident hope of sharing in God's glory. Peace, love and hope. These are strong things. These are good things. These are transforming things. These are the kind of things you want in your life. And these are the gifts that God gives to us when he gives us Jesus. So firstly, we have peace with God. Verse 1 of chapter 5 of Romans. Therefore, Since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. As I said, there's a kind of religious character in the popular imagination who has no peace. Indeed, this character is plagued by the fear of God, the fear of his condemnation and anger and such People are twisted by this fear, perhaps into kind of flogging themselves in a feverish and desperate effort of prayer and penance. This is not Christian. A Christian has and knows peace with God. Believers know that God is for them, not against them. That we are not condemned, but we have gained access by faith. Into grace in which we now stand. Grace is God's favour, His blessing, His acceptance and love. Peace with God means reconciliation to God, it means welcome by God, it means fellowship with God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Here is the first effect of the gospel on our hearts, the first gift of Jesus for our lives. Here's the second one. We have an assurance of God's love for us. This peace with God comes because we have an assurance of God's love for us and his favour towards us despite our weakness, despite our failure. This assurance comes to us in the death of Jesus for us. You see, writes Paul in verse 6, Just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, this is the second time Paul has spoken about the meaning of Jesus' death in Romans. The first time was in chapter 3, verses 25 and 26, where Paul said, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. Jesus' death for us was to deal with our sin and with God's anger at our sin. And Paul said there that God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, to show that God does not ignore sin, but acts rightly in dealing with it. And that's important. But here in Romans 5, Paul draws out another side of Jesus' death. Namely, that it is a demonstration of God's love. Verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why would Christ die for us? Because we're good? And Jesus thought that his death would honour our virtue? Well, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But no, that is not what happened with Christ. Instead, verse 6, you see, at just the right time when we were still powerless Christ died for the ungodly. He didn't die for the strong, the good and the deserving. He died for the weak and the compromised. Not because we're worthy, but because he loves us. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How do you know God loves you is it because your life is going along nicely the blessings of God are showering upon you from heaven and roses spring up wherever your feet tread no it's not how you know God loves you do you know God loves you because of course God loves me I'm a good decent and worthy and lovable person no that's not it either Rather, we all know that God loves us, each of us individually and all of us together, because Christ died for us. He died for us in our sin, in our ungodliness, in our doubt, in our resistance to him, in our hypocrisy, in our weakness and unworthiness. How do you know that God loves all the other sinners sitting in here with you and I? You don't have to look around, but cast your mind mentally and think: How does God love them? How would we know? Because Christ died for the ungodly. That is, Christ died for us, for each of us and all of us. Not just you, but all of us the same. God loves us. This gives us great assurance of salvation. For if Christ's blood pays for our sin, then God's anger... Is dealt with. Verse 9. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? There is no need to fear. The death of Christ for us is the demonstration of God's love for us and the basis then of our peace with God. It is the casting out of all fear. Here are two then effects in believers of Knowing what the death of Jesus Christ means for us. Peace with God and the assurance of God's love. Here is the third one. We have a confident hope of sharing in God's glory going back to the beginning of the chapter, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Now, boast is a bit of an ugly word in English, isn't it? Paul doesn't mean we show off about the hope of the glory of God. What he means is something like we stake a confident claim in the hope of the glory of God or we rejoice expectantly in the hope of the glory of God. That is, we are confident that God will share his glory with us, treating us as his adopted children, clothing us with immortality, making his dwelling among us. And these are all ways of describing something we haven't seen, we cannot see, indeed we cannot even imagine, but they describe a hope, the hope of the kingdom of God, the hope of the resurrection of the dead, the hope of the new heavens and the new earth. They describe a hope that functions for us even in suffering. Verse 2, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Now, of course, suffering does not always or only produce these things, perseverance, character, and hope. Suffering, generally speaking, can produce misery, despair, and dysfunction. But Paul is saying that, the peace with God, the assurance of his love and the hope of glory can make suffering a place of growth, a place of endurance and resilience, a place of tested character and of hope, that is, of expectant faith in God. Suffering can be the place where those things grow and develop if we suffer knowing God loves us. We're at peace with him. He has for us in the end all his blessing. So there are three marks of the Christian, three effects of being made right with God through faith, through our faith in what God has done for us in Jesus. Peace with God, assurance of his love, hope of sharing in his glory. These are gifts for us to take up, and make our own and so my last question i guess is will you make them your own in many old manuscripts of the new testament chapter 5 verse 1 reads since we have been justified by faith let us have peace with god that is let us enjoy peace with god Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us live at peace with God. On one hand, this means setting aside all fear of God's condemnation since Christ has died for us. And so perhaps you are someone who finds it hard to believe that you are forgiven, that you are accepted, that you are loved that all this comes to you through Jesus Christ, that you stand in God's grace. Perhaps you are someone who finds it hard to accept that and to have peace. Well, be at peace. Have that peace. Hold on to that peace. Know that peace. Enjoy that peace. Rely on it. Live in it. Be at peace with God. On the other hand, having peace with God means living in fellowship with him. The point of peace is so that parties might live together in love. Jesus doesn't reconcile us to God so that we can live as if God is like an old neighbour who has moved away and we exchange Christmas cards with every now and then, but basically they're irrelevant to our lives. This is not why God has made peace with us. He's made peace with us that we might live in fellowship with Him. Let us have, then, let us enjoy, let us live in peace. With God. Let us approach Him in prayer. Let us seek His wisdom and help. Let us learn to know Him. Let us read His book. Let's walk in His ways. Let's rejoice in His love. Let's live in fellowship with Him. Will you pray with me that we will? Let's pray. Father, we praise you for Jesus Christ and the gifts we receive in him and especially we do pray that we would know these things in our heart peace with you hope of glory and the assurance of your love for us we see in the death of jesus lord help us to be at peace with you if we find it hard to believe that that can be the case Assure us, Lord, by your spirit that you love us, that we are in your grace, so we can be at peace. Lord, if we neglect that peace and our fellowship with you, Lord, draw us back to you, that we might live as your reconciled creatures, as your adopted children. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.